Someone said, your dream can become a reality. But how many of you know, as you're pursuing and chasing after your dream, you're going to hit walls of discouragement. You're going to hit walls where even people are going to be critical of you. Now, as we're going to look at a couple of different clips of different movies, um, the first thing I really want to expound on is, you know, in this life, as you're pursuing and chasing your dream, expect criticism. Somebody say expect criticism. It didn't say accept criticism. There's a difference between expecting it and accepting it. Amen. I've watched people over the course of my life, they go through seasons of criticism and they, they receive that criticism. They, 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 they allow it to take root and it caused them to, to abort their destiny because they allow somebody to rent space in their head and stop them from pursuing and chasing after their dream. So we're going to be the kind of church, I expect criticism as I'm pursuing my dream. I expect it, but I'm not going to accept it. Look at this clip real quick. Um, matter of fact, before we look at the clip, one of the movies that I chose for this Sunday, is the, it's, it's, it was uh, uh, produced back in 1993. It's called Rudy. It's a football movie. It's a true story. Amen. Some great uh, parts that I encourage you to watch the whole movie. Amen. But there are certain parts that I, I chose out of the movie that I want to really show you because I, I think it's going to speak to you even spiritually. Look at this real quick. your college choice a bus will be leaving here at 10 a.m. Saturday December 15th for a one-day guided tour of the campus please sign up by Wednesday November 5th Walker Drummond Matushak okay uh, Boston, good. And Mersiniac, good. Whoa, whoa, wait. Where are you going? I'm going to see Notre Dame. Do you have some friends in the South Bend? No. Well, then there must be some other reason. When, when you read the announcement in class, I thought you said anybody could go. I'm sorry, Rudy. This bus is for students who are interested in attending the university. It's not a sightseeing tour. Well, maybe someday I could go to school there. Father Joseph, uh, would you take over for me? Of course. Thank you. Rudy, you don't have the grades for Joliet Community, much less Notre Dame. The secret to happiness in this life is to be grateful for the gifts the good Lord has bestowed upon us. Rudy. Not everyone is meant to go to college. Whitaker, Snyder. Now, is that a travesty or what? They ain't even let this brother get on the bus, y'all. I mean, my God in heaven, I mean, he's like, hey, I, I want to go see the campus. I potentially want to be a student. 
and the gentleman throws his arm around him and basically tells him this ain't a sightseeing. Isn't that a shame how people will try to dumb you down? You got to be careful of people that will try to put a complex on you. That will try to breed a level of insecurity on the inside of you. That will try to stop you from pursuing your dream. I wrote a book years ago called Get Out the Boat. And my whole premise on the book was two things. Either you're one or two things in life. Either you're a dry boat walker or a wet water walker. I don't know about you, but I want to be a wet water walker. Even to me, trying speaks of faith. Amen. If I'm a fail, I'm a fail trying. And it's a travesty when you got people like this teacher who tells him, how are you even trying to get on this bus to go see Notre Dame when you can't even get into a junior college? Again, dumbing him down, breeding a level of insecurity, a spirit of low self-esteem, you know, putting a complex on this individual. You know, this teacher is literally trying to shape this young man with his words, these negative words. And then it even goes back biblically. Here it is, David, you know, here it is, he's ready to go defeat uh, 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 Goliath, but then Saul, who's the king at the time, tells him, wait a minute, this man, Goliath, has been a man of war from his youth, and you're only a youth. In other words, discounting uh, David's private victories. But I, what I like about David is David, he, 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 I'm sure he expected the criticism, but he didn't accept the criticism. Because he goes on and says, wait a minute, I didn't kill some bears and some lions. In other words, I ain't no chump. I ain't no punk. Come on, somebody. How I many you know greater is he lives on the inside of us? Amen. He gives us the spiritual tools to be able to chase after our dream and watch our dream become a reality in our life. So my first point is this. In order for your dream to become a reality, you have to expect criticism. Everybody doesn't have your best interests. That's why you better make sure you got good people in your world, people that's got your best interests. Amen. You need to shake off those liabilities in your life. You need to shake off people who don't have your best interests. Be careful of people that don't celebrate you. I believe that's a quick way to find out who's in your corner if there are certain people in your life that celebrate you. When you get your house, you better see who's celebrating you. See who's who walking around with their lip dragging. <laughs> Matter of fact, you need to see what kind of housewarming gift they bring to you. Come on, some. That's when you know if you got a friend or not. Come on. <laughs> they need to value you. See, I believe dreaming makes life tolerable. I'm scared of people that don't dream. If you don't dream, you are a ticking time bomb. Well, pastor, I'm 50 years old. It's over. Shut up. You young. You need to make the second half of your life the best of your life. But pastor, I wasted all kind of years doing it. I don't care what you, God will make up for lost time if you begin to submit yourself unto him and begin to pursue and chase after your dream and shake off all that criticism that people have downloaded in your spirit. It's time for you to begin to declare that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, created in God's image in his likeness. I'm his seed and I'm destined for greatness. Do I have anybody at the 930 service that knows that you are destined for greatness. Somebody give God a praise in this 930 service if you know that you know that you know that you know.
Somebody screamed, destined for greatness. God didn't put you in this earth to be average. God did not put you here. Listen, who, who, who even anointed that man God to tell that young man that? People that, amen, sister. She said, nobody. <laughs> That's the ghetto. Nobody. <laughs> Real talk. Come on, somebody. Next time somebody tell you you can't do it, you tell them, who anointed you, God? You better get some word and tell them Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I tap into a strength that's beyond me. Come on, and his name is Jesus. Come on. I got this thing on the inside of me called the anointing. <laughs> So number one, in order for your dream to become a reality, expect criticism. Just expect it, but don't accept it. Malcolm X said this, if you have no critics, you will have no success. If you have no critics, you will have no success. No critics, no success. You need to have somebody to fuel you. I'm so glad my last pastor, two weeks before I started Kingdom in the Valley, sat me down over some enchiladas, and I thought it was going to be a great meeting, and he was going to speak into my life. But for him to pick up a salt shaker and tell me, your ministry won't grow bigger than this salt shaker if you leave me in the next two weeks. He said, you're not a pastor. How many know Satan will send out his abortionists to abort the dream on the inside of you? And I told him, I said, Pastor, I love you, I respect you. I learned, these last 10 and a half months, I learned so much from you. But I told you from the gate what I was going to be doing on January 2nd, 2005. And I'm going to pursue, pursue my dream. And so I just started focusing on all those grains in the salt shaker. Matter of fact, somebody told me three and a half weeks ago, one of my employees said that they did a Google search. There's a million point four plus whatchamacallits in the salt shaker. I was like, Shaka Zulu. That's a... <laughs> so next time you're getting dinner after our lunch after you, 1.4, that thing ain't running out. I'm so glad that the anointing doesn't run out. Come on. That our dreams that we have don't run out. Do I got any dreamers in the house? Don't let your dream run dry. Keep pursuing it. Regardless of what people say. No critics, no success. I've watched people quit because of critics. I literally have watched people get down and out because of what somebody said. And I've learned this, that if you don't get delivered from people, you done. I'm grateful you got delivered from weed. I did too. I'm grateful you got delivered from alcoholism. I did too. Amen. But if you don't get delivered from people, in other words, you can't let somebody be living under your skin from 1975. Last time I checked, it's 2016, June the 5th. 
But pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. Welcome to the club, sweetie. We all done been done certain ways. Can I get a witness up in here? But you didn't let that stop you. You kept pursuing God. You had to shake yourself and realize time is too short. I got three enemies, Satan, myself, and time. I got to keep pursuing my dream because one day my clock is going to stop ticking. So I got to go get mine. Shoot, even Jesus said in John 9, 4, he said, I got to work while it's day. He said, because the night cometh, no man can work. In other words, Jesus was basically saying the clock is ticking. Does that right? I must. He said, I must. In other words, he was saying, it's a necessity that I work the works of him who, who sent me. Anybody know you've been sent by him? And the blessing is he's put his scent on you. Then it says, then it says uh, while the day, the night is coming, no one can work. In other words, the clock is ticking. Be okay with criticism. Don't, you, you expect it, but don't accept it. You better not receive it. Matter of fact, just laugh it off. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the God that I serve. I know I got all these Goliaths in front of me, but if God used David, he can use little old me. Come on, somebody. And last time I read Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I'm sorry, Hebrews 13, 8, he the same yesterday, today, and forever. There it is right there. All right, because of time, we got to move on to the second point. So number one, in order for your dream to become a reality. Now, you know what? I'm going to read one more. Go to, go to Judges 11 and 1. I'm going to show you somebody else that had critics. But he didn't, he, for a season, he let his critics have dominion over him. But over time, he, he broke away. He broke out of his complex. Look at this. It says, now Jephthah, the Gileadite, he was a mighty man of valor. Let's stop right there. That word valor means he was a man of boldness and courage and strength, which lets me know he had it going on. Jephthah was that dude. Come on. He was not a weakling. Come on, somebody. He was a man of valor, a man of boldness and courage and strength. It says, but he was the son of a harlot. So people tried to say, yeah, you, you that dude, but you got a deficiency. Your handicappers, your mama was a hoe. And we're going to keep reminding you. Every time you do something great, we're going to put it, throw it in your face that your mama wasn't right. Who is? Some of us got here some weird ways. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, I'm 44 years old. My mom and dad were not married when they had me. They got married some six years later. Thank God they're still together now. But at the end of the day, they was not married having me. So what would I be considered? A bastard child, that was what they would say. And people told my mom, you better not have that baby. You're only 19 years old. What you doing? You ain't going to know how to raise that baby. And she didn't know the whole time she was pregnant with a prophet. See, you don't know what you're pregnant with. I don't care how it got here. Where it happened, it could have happened in the back of a car. I don't give a who. At the end of the day, God told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I knew you before you even entered your mama's womb. How many of you in this building, you knew, he already knew you. Somebody say, he already knew. He, he already knew. But he still had his hand on it. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he knew my fall before my call. Did I say that right? 
Okay, praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> the Gilead's wife bore sons. And when the wife's sons grew up, they drove, they drove listen, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall not have no inheritance uh, in our uh, father's house for you. You are the son of another woman. In other words, you know your mama ain't right. We got here the right way. That's what the other brothers were saying. Next verse. Then Jephthah, he fled from his brothers, and he dwelt in the land of Tob, and, and, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah, and they went out raiding with him. See, he allowed his critics to get him. He allowed that, he succumbed to the criticism of his brothers teasing him to the point to where he began to hang out with worthless people. When you really look at your life, all of us in this building at one time in our life hung out with worthless people. Even now, we'd be like, how did I even do that for those seasons? Because you've been, your mind has been so renewed, you've been so transformed, when you think you're like, ugh. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of y'all had boyfriends, you like, ugh. Some of us had girlfriends, you're like, ugh. Well, y'all are laughing hard at the 9.30 service. <laughs> Somebody scream, but God. But God. <laughs> One of my ministers said, Jesus. <laughs> Listen to this. It says, and he hung out with worthless people, and they went out raiding with him. Next verse. And it came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to Jephthah. Now, the elders of Gilead are his half-brothers from the land of Tob. Then it says, and, 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 so it, and so they said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, who are his half-brothers, didn't y'all hate me? Y'all were the very ones that minimized me, were critical of me, made fun of me because my mama was a hoe. <laughs> now, then you expelled me from my father's house wouldn't even let me partake in the inheritance. Why are you coming to me now when you're between a rock and a hard place? Why are you coming at me now with your, 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 your tail wagon? You all stressed out now because Amnon coming. And y'all know when we was little kids, I was that dude. When y'all was getting beat up on the playground, I was coming to y'all rescue. Next verse. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that's why we have turned to you. You're going to be surprised who turned to you. I shared this story maybe seven, six weeks ago. There's a pastor right here in Arizona. He was throwing me under the bus and saying all kinds of things about me for so many years. And then all of a sudden he wanted to meet me for lunch. And I'm like, for what? 
But his whole point was this. He admitted he owned the fact that he had been saying things about me and he looked at me and he says, I just come to the conclusion that you are the T.D. Jakes of Arizona and I have to just accept that even though I started my church five years before you. In other words, he had to turn. You're going to be surprised who turned and he paid for the lunch. I said, look at God. He got etiquette because he invited me. Come on. Let me say my $80. And we was at Papa Do's too. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. <laughs> but my point bringing that up is just, that is why we have turned again. Oh, which lets me know there were some things that day he had to rescue them in some other areas. On that playground, like I just said, turn again to you now that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Next verse, so Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you take me back home to fight against the people of Ammon and the Lord delivers them to me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord be our witness between us if we do not do according to your words. And you read the rest of the chapter, he leads them to victory. They destroy the Ammonites, and then he becomes, he becomes their leader. In other words, the Bible says the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. You're going to be surprised who turns to you when they have a time of need. They know that at least you can get a prayer through. Can I get a witness up in here? I can stay on this point the whole service, but because of time. So number one, in order for your dream to become a reality, you have to accept criticism, or I'm sorry, expect it, but don't accept it. Number two, get around people that give you hope. Let's look at this next clip. You've got to get around people that give you hope. Look at this real quick. Hey, 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 hey. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone prove that I worked. what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Now go on back. Sorry, I never got you to see your first game in here. Hell, I've seen too many games in this stadium. I thought you said you never saw a I've game. I've never yet. seen a game from the stands. You were a player? I rode the bench for two years. Thought I wasn't being played because of my color. I got filled up with a lot of attitude, so I quit. Still not a week goes by, I don't regret it. 
And I guarantee a week won't go by in your life you won't regret walking out, letting them get the best of you. You hear me clear enough? See, in the middle of chasing your dream, you got to make sure that you have somebody that can speak hope to you. Because in the middle of chasing your dream, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to, even at times, you're going to get down. Come on, it's human nature. Come on, I know we got all these scriptures and we know the word, but we're two people. And there's times where that person, that human side of us, is going to get discouraged. Now, let's back up a minute. Now, here it is. They wouldn't even let him get on the bus. They told him he wasn't even worthy to probably even go to junior college. So what he does, he goes to junior college. He gets the necessary grades that he needs. He transfers to the University of Notre Dame. He makes the football team as a walk-on. He's got two years to play. He makes the team. So he's already caused his critics to hush. So now he's on the team, but he's not playing. Because, come on, nobody in their right mind want to just ride the bench. You want to be on the field. And he never had experience being on the field the two years that he was there. And what happens in football, even though you got 120 players, they only sometimes only dress 85 to 100 players. And so they tell the other 15, 20 guys to just show up in plain clothes and you can hang out on the sideline. But his whole dream, though, is that he wanted to run out of the tunnel. And we'll get to that piece in a little bit. But my point is that while he's in transition, anybody been in transition before? You knew that that dream on the inside of you was real, but you found yourself in a period of what I call transition. And then you have, when you're in transition, you have to have somebody that can speak hope to you. And I love this individual. He comes in. Now, here it is, the custodian who actually played at Notre Dame, but he quit after two years and told this young man, told Rudy, listen, there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about me quitting. So he's telling him, listen, at the end of the day, get over yourself. Get back out there and make it happen. If you don't have somebody in your life like that, you're done. I've been preaching now for 20 years this January. I've been pastoring 11, it'll be 12 years. I'll be pre pastoring for 12 years this January, preaching for 20 years this January. I have not gotten to where I am because I'm all that great, but I surrounded myself with greatness. My, my three mentors, between the three of my three mentors, they have 111 years of ministry in them. I think it might be a little bit more than that. My one mentor, he's been pastor now for 39 years. My other mentor is 36 years, and the other one is 32 years. Do the math. That's a lot of years. I'm 11 and a half years in. I'm not going to call, when I hit a wall, I'm not going to call somebody that's been pastoring for 11 years. Appreciate the brother. We in the struggle together. We fighting together. But I'm not calling a pastor that's been at it for 11 years for advice. I'm going to call somebody that's been at it for a minute. I'm going to call somebody that's got experience. I'm going to call somebody that can speak up to me that's 39 years in that can tell me where they were when they were 11, when they got discouraged. And how they were able to navigate through those different challenges that came their way when the enemy threw everything in the kitchen sink at them. 
So my whole point is this, people of God, that in order for your dream to become a reality, you better make sure you got somebody in your world that can speak to you. Put up John chapter, uh, no, put up Proverbs 27 and 17. Look at this real quick. As iron sharpens iron, so a man, he, he sharpens the countenance of his friend. My point is this, who's sharpening you? Typically, people that you run into that are sharp, spiritually, intellectually, they're going to be able to tell you who their mentors are. They're going to tell you, hey, man, along the way I had this person speaking into my life, this person said this, this person said that, because we always talk about having mentors, but are you, are you going to allow that person to tour your life? A lot of times we never reach our full potential because we don't want to let somebody tour. I don't want them in my business. That's stupid. I need you all in my business. Tell me what in the world am I doing wrong? Come on, I need to get around somebody that's got my answer and not my problem. Come on, what I don't get by revelation, I can get by association. Who are you associating yourself with? See, power recognize power. You better get connected to somebody that's got power. Mm-hmm. I was with some prominent men like four and a half, five weeks ago, multi-millionaires. I sat there and asked them about 50 questions. Why? Because I'm trying to get some of that on me. Shoot. You hang around with broke folk, you'll be broke all the days of your life. You get around somebody that's got success dripping on them, a little bit of that residue get on, you can change your whole world. Who are you connected to? So we see this gentleman, he gets, he's got the right person around him, speaking into his spirit. Put up John 6, 63, and we'll move on to the next point. John chapter 6, verse 63. Look at this real quick. It says, it is the spirit who, who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. When I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking in the spirit. I'm trying to speak life to you. I'm, I'm trying to get you to a place where you have life and have it more abundantly. God put me as a pastor because he know he raised me up so that my words can carry weight in people's lives to help give people hope. At the end of the day, if I don't give you nothing else, my whole aim in life is to give you some hope, to have you leave out of here anticipating, expecting for God to do some great things on the inside of you, in you, through you, and for you. But I like that he says, he says the words that I speak are, are what? Spirit and life. That young man, that gentleman, the custodian that began to speak to Rudy, he said something powerful. When he told him, you're five foot nothing, he said, you, 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 you need to get over this crap that you know about trying to impress people. He basically told him, regardless if you run out on that field or not, you're about to get a degree. Let's look at the big picture. Let's back up a minute. You already had somebody dumbing you down years ago that wouldn't even let you on the freaking bus. Now here you are on campus about to get a degree if you don't play it down at all. In other words, he was trying to say, look at the big picture. But at the end of the day, get back out there. Don't you quit. That's why even now I don't let my quits quit nothing. Because if you start quitting at 8, you'll quit at 18. You hit a wall at work at 28, your supervisor talk, talk to you sideways, I'm quitting. Because you was used to quitting in Little League. And then you help them, but they ain't playing them enough. We, I'm taking them off the team. That's the worst thing you can do. 
You can't rescue them forever. They're going to have to go through their own trials and tribulations. Because what you put in them is what's going to come out of them. So if you got, they quit now, boy, let them, that's why they need discipline now. Because if we don't discipline, Florence will. Oh, y'all like, what's the prison? That's why we're building more penitentiaries than Penn States. They got a place to put you if you ain't got, if you don't act like you got some boundaries. <laughs> because of time. So number one, in order for your dream to become a reality, expect criticism. Don't accept it. Number two, get around people that will give you hope. Number three, don't quit. Stay persistent. Let's look at this clip real quick. Oh, Trudy Whitaker is here to see you. Send him in. This won't take long, Coach. First, I'd just like to say thank you for the opportunity of being part of the team. Rudy, I never thought I'd be saying this, but it's been a pleasure. Now, what can I do for you? Well, um, one of the many things that I've learned this year is that no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to get above the prep team. I mean, I've kind of accepted the fact that God made certain people to be football players, and I'm not one of them. I wish God would put your heart in some of my players' bodies. Yeah. My father loves Notre Dame football more than anything else in the world. He doesn't believe I'm on the team because he can't see me at the sidelines during the games. Next year, my senior year, I'd love to be able to give him this gift. I would really appreciate it if you could let me dress one game next season. Look, Rudy. The NCAA really hamstrings us with this 60 rule. In certain positions, we only have one backup. And you know every year we're competing for the national championship. Is this just for your father? No. No, it's for everybody who told me that being a Notre Dame football player would be impossible. It's for my brothers, the kids in my high school, the guys I work with at the mill. They can't come to practice and see that I am part of the team. Okay. Okay? You deserve it. You'll dress for one game next season. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. How many of you know you have not because you asked not? That's in James chapter 4, verse 2. So he goes in there, took a lot of boldness to go and tell the coach, hey, listen, this is it for me. This is my finality. Finality as far as my last year. Can I at least dress for one game? Can I run out the tunnel for one game? But what's interesting, the coach told him, yeah, man, I wish a lot of my players, you know, had the heart that you have. But what's interesting, what a lot of people don't know, if you watch the whole movie, this coach retired like a month later. So a new coach comes in. So when Rudy goes to that coach, that coach like, nah, man. So it took all the players to walk in the new coach's office, and they put their jerseys down on the coach's desk and basically told him, if you don't play Rudy in this last game, we ain't none of us playing. So my point bringing that up is that don't quit. Stay persistent. 
If you keep chasing after your dream, I believe that God will put people in your world that will help your dream come to fruition. Because again, where God is trying to take you, you can't get there by yourself. You got to make sure you got the right divine connections. And I believe there's people in this room even right now, some of you are just one divine connection away from going to your next level. All it takes is one holy hookup that can help change your whole world. And I say that from experience. I've learned so much. See, if you can't be teachable, you ain't going nowhere. People ask me all the time, how do you get to the level where you are, Pastor Still? I've been teachable. I've come to the conclusion I don't have all the answers. You got to know where you're handicapped. You got to know where you're inadequate. And then you got to have somebody that can speak to that area in your life. And the minute that you think you got all the answers, you done. Put up James 4.10 real quick. Look at this. James 4.10. Look at this. James chapter 4 verse 10. Look at this. Humble yourself. Somebody say humble. humble. Yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You want God to lift you up. You want God to promote you. You want God to take you to another dimension, another place in him. Well, the prerequisite is that you got to be humble. Look at the humility he had to even walk in that office and say, hey, listen, this is where I am. I know I don't have the greatest talent, but can I just suit up for one game? And then when the new coach comes in, he could have just been like, I'm done. Because this other coach says, nah, man, you ain't, nah. I got to put my best players out there. And he got discouraged again, but then that's where his team came to his defense. I'm here to tell you, man, at the end of the day, you need the right people in your life so that you don't quit, that you will stay persistent. And because he stayed persistent and made a decision to not quit, this is what happens at the end of the movie. Let's look at this last clip. This is what happens.
goes since 1975. No other player has been carried off that field. Let's just give God a hand praise for the fight that this individual had. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Galatians 6 and 9, it says to not grow weary and well-doing. For in due season, it says you will reap if you faint not. I want to encourage you, man. Keep chasing after your dream. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. Keep pursuing your dream. Amen. People are going to tell you to get your head out the clouds. That's not going to come to pass and all that. No, no, no. Psalm 37 and 4, it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he said, I will give you the desires of your heart. He said, if you trust me, if you commit your ways to me, he said, I will bring it to pass. I believe that there's some things that God wants to bring to pass in your life. But at the end of the day, you have to expect critics. You have to just expect criticism. You got to make sure you keep people in your life that will speak hope to you. You have to make up in your mind, you know what? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stay persistent. I'm not going to allow even the word quit to be on my radar. One thing I've learned over these years is that there's a relief in quitting. Sometimes there's a relief. It's like, oh, that feel good. I don't have to fight no more. But how do you know the devil is a lie? A lie. Whatever you want in this life, you're going to have to fight for it. You got to go after it. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the, the Bible says the violent take it by force. That word violent, what it denotes, it means that you got to be radical. You got to be so radical that you're going to see your dream become a reality. What if I would have listened to that pastor that told me two weeks before I started my church, your church won't grow bigger than a salt shaker. Tells me you're not a pastor. He told me you're an evangelist. You're supposed to travel over the world. He says, but you don't have the ability to shepherd people. What if I would have listened to that lie? The Bible's that says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. You better be careful of people that you give access to your spirit. A lot of times people will hate you because they ain't you. Because they see you got more potential on the inside of you than they even have. Church, keep looking unto God. He said in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe verse 2, he said that he will be the author and the finisher of your faith. There it is, looking unto Jesus. That word looking, it means giving him your undivided attention. Don't be paying attention to all that other stuff that might be going on in your world that's not lining up. Know at the end of the day, God's got your back. Come on, somebody give God a hand praise in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at your neighbor say, don't quit. Stay persistent. Let me pray for you, Father. Seal this word in our hearts today. Lord, we thank you that we know on our way to pursuing our dream that we are going to have critics. But we thank you that we will surround ourselves with people that will speak hope to us. Not only that, we thank you that quitting will not be on our radar. Giving up will not even be on our radar. That we're looking unto you to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Maybe you're in this 930 service. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved.